This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Thursday the 21st of October 2021, the 401st Coronacast. Another milestone to to bear witness to and a really big milestone today for Melbourne. We talked at the beginning of the week, Norman, about how Melbourne's coming out of what is probably their last broad-scale lockdown tonight, one minute before midnight tonight, which is obviously a huge relief to people who've spent a long, long time in lockdown. But they're coming out of lockdown with case numbers declining or sort of, well, I'll let you talk about that, Norman, but higher than New South Wales case numbers were when it came out of its lockdown. So how risky is it? Is it the right time? It's the right time in terms of Victorians. They really can't take an awful lot more of lockdown. The hard work has kind of been done, which is that the effective reproduction number is now below one, reportedly, in Victoria. And that means you're going to see declining numbers. So off the top, you're going to see smaller numbers. The problem in Victoria is there's more virus circulating than in, than in New South Wales with lower, with lower case numbers when they started relaxing. Now, they, what's going for Victoria is the same thing that was going for New South Wales, which is whilst they've reached 70% in Victoria... It's not a plateau at 70%. You're part of continuing and quite fast adoption of vaccination. So you're only going to be at 70% very transitorily, and you're going to be at 72, 73, 74, and you're going to be at 80% before you know it. They've hit 90% first doses uh, yesterday, I think. Well, that's right. And so you're on a track continuously to more and more vaccination each day. So it's not as if you're sitting on your laurels at 70% coverage of double vaccination aged over 16, it's that it's going up and it's going up in 12 to 15 year olds as well. And that's really important. So you're going to get to 70% of 12 plus, 80% of 15 plus or 16 plus. And so that's really one of the protective mechanisms in here. There is a risk with more virus around, but if you've got the effective reproduction number going down below one, vaccination going up, it stops being a mathematical race in a sense. What you've had in Victoria is a race with exponential growth, which is very, very fast growth, against arithmetical growth, which is that you add on uh, vaccines each day. And in that sort of race, exponential growth wins every time. You've now got no exponential growth in Victoria and you've got arithmetical growth of vaccines. That's going to be to a significant extent, a winning formula. The curves and numbers are so interesting. Like We've been talking about pandemic curves and flattening the curves and whatnot for nearly two years now. But the case numbers in New South Wales a month or two ago were pretty scary. And now they're down at around 200 or so cases a day, which really felt out of the question a couple of months ago. And yet here we are. So is Victoria just going to end up coming down in the same in the same sort of speed? Well, epidemiologists are mixed on this. Some think it's possible and some think it might not. So the restrictions being lifted tomorrow are not that dramatic. And, uh, and it's a staged approach, which should keep the effective reproduction number below one, you'd hope, along with vaccination. In which case, you will see them going down, at least staying under control. And of course, the numbers that really matter are the numbers of hospitalizations, number of people going to ICU, and of course, the number of people dying. And those rates are falling. 
Well, we've talked before about how much Victorians love slash hate being compared to New South Welsh people, but we are seeing in New South Wales, they have reopened. Uh, it's been a little bit, bit now. Their effective reproduction number is still below one, which means those cases are tailing off. So it feels like it, they made a safe bet in reopening. Yes, but remember, we're comparing, or we, on Coronacast, we've been comparing ourselves a bit to Denmark, which also has a staged pro- approach to reopening, opened on September 10th. They're seeing a rise in cases. So I, I don't think we should be surprised if we see a rise in cases as people start circulating. And, um, and remember, those rise in cases will tend to be in younger people. There, there are lots of moving parts here. So you've got rising vaccination levels, the bit slower in younger people than in older people. So older people are getting there with very, very high rates. Younger people are a bit slower, but they're getting there too. So younger people are going to be infected. They're less likely to end up in hospital, but they are you know, at risk of that and serious disease. So, But that is lowering the hospitalisation rate to some extent, as is vaccination. So there's a few things working together that could give us um, good, you know, cause for optimism but not a sudden release of restrictions. And in fact, that's not what they're suggesting in Victoria at all. Well, nationwide, we're doing pretty well on vaccinations. Uh, Obviously, the places that have had the biggest scares are the ones that have really surged ahead, which makes perfect sense. But nationwide, we're at 70% now. Yep. So we're we're going well. Um, We have to call out Queensland and Western Australia because they are not doing as well as other states, but particularly Western Australia is not doing uh, particularly well in terms of immunisation rates. It will get there eventually. And of course, the fear that we talked about in yesterday's coronacast, which is we're going to open on a certain date, which is what Queensland's done. So get yourself immunised now. You've got your chance. It's critical that WA does lift its game in terms of vaccination rates, Norma, because you need to get there. The quokkas need you. Yeah, I'm in quokka deprivation mode here, you know, deprivation syndrome here. And uh, yeah, I need to get to Rottnest. So open up. Do it for Norman. Open up. Do it for the quokkas, folks. Yeah. In other national news, it's nice to hear that the Federal Health Minister must be a Coronacast listener because, Norman, we were talking yesterday about boosters and then Greg Hunt yesterday, just hours after our podcast dropped, uh, started talking about boosters as well. Oh, he's, a, he's an avid listener. Avid, avid listener. No question about that at all. So, yes, he, he was talking about how there's going to be an important announcement, I think, next week, particularly focused on vulnerable people and aged care. And it'll be interesting to see what they announce there. For 7.30 last night, I interviewed Omar Kashid, who is the uh, president of the AMA, and Sean Rooney, who is a head of Leading Age Services Australia, which is the peak body in aged care. And both are concerned that the system for implementing how you actually immunise for third doses is going to be really important, particularly in aged care, and that we learn from the mistakes of earlier on this year. So how we do that, but there's a lot of health, there wasn't a lot of emphasis in the press conference on healthcare workers, and there are a lot of healthcare workers who are in those first uh, immunisation phases back in March and April who are concerned, and if they're over 50, they you know they do probably do need to be a bit concerned about getting third doses because their protection against hospitalisation will be starting to wane about now. And so we need to get on to that. There is a question about supply and whether or not, which I hear from some people, they're, they're not going public on it, but whether or not there is a question of supply when you go to third doses. But you're not talking about a lot of people in this first phase back in March and April. Unfortunately, you're not. And it's possible to start third doses for them before you go to the general community. Because remember, most of us have had completed our courses from July, August on. So we're not really going to become vulnerable till February of next year. So we've got time to wait. 
but it's those people March, April, and it's not a lot of people at this stage to get going and re-immunise. So heaps of questions coming in via abc.net.au slash coronacast. Thank you so much to all of you lovely people who congratulated us on 400 episodes. Thanks for joining us on this journey. But Norman, Rachel's written in about the Melbourne lockdown or Victoria lockdown listening saying, what is the difference going to be for Victoria opening up with so many more cases than New South Wales? She's a Melbourneian feeling very anxious and not sure we've had enough time to see the impacts of New South Wales opening anyway. Yeah, there's been a there's been a bit of time, and you should have been. If it was going to be a big surge, you would have started to see it in New South Wales. I think there was a lot of hesitancy about coming out in New South Wales, at least in some groups of people, and I suspect you're going to find that in Victoria too. I mean, I, it took me a week from walking, opening up to be able to be willing to go into a restaurant just to get that little bit more immunisation in the community. Uh, and I'm still not going to the gym. So I think I think being a bit careful on opening up and not going nuts would be a very good idea. But Victoria is tracking very similarly to New South Wales. Apart from the, the case numbers really persisting a bit longer than you'd like, it's not that different. It, is, it does seem to be turning the corner at around about 70%. And yeah, a little bit later than New South Wales. But I think there's cause for optimism. Well, you took the words out of Phyllis's mouth. She was asking whether you'd gone back to the gym yet. You haven't. Okay. Well, Fiona's asking, well, Fiona's in New Zealand. Hi, Fiona. Listens to us on Spotify all the time and is asking if you can get COVID three times. She's heard of breakthrough infections. What are the odds of a third infection if you were never vaccinated or a second breakthrough infection if you are? I actually don't know the answer to that question. It's not been commonly reported. Second infections are commonly reported. After natural infection, last year we spoke about the city in Brazil where 76% had had COVID previously in the year and then towards the end of the year, um, a large proportion of those people were reinfected second time around because there was a different variant around. So you can get second infections and you probably can get third infections too. But as you get subsequent infections, it's very unlikely that you're going to get severe disease. And one final, it's not a question, it's a comment from someone who works for the COVID-19 hotline in Victoria, booking people for their vaccinations. And this person says, ever since Victoria was given a date as to when fully vaccinated people will have freedoms, 80% of this person's calls have been from people who speak little to no English. And they make the point that it was... Showing that in states, even in states such as Victoria, whose vaccination rates are powering ahead, it's becoming more evident about the people who've been left behind. Yep. And and it's great that they're phoning up and asking for appointments and that sort of story will be spreading around the community. And there's a lot of community-based work happening in Victoria to get those immunisation rates up, particularly in young men in those communities who've been a bit resistant. And that's what's got to be worked on because they will be very vulnerable as we open up. Well, that's all from us on Coronacast today. Use the rest of your day to either book a vaccination appointment or encourage a loved one to do so. And we'll be back in your feed tomorrow. Yep, see you then. 